One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast. Code acast. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are on that. We're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm heartbroken. So we have Davy Fitzgerald, uh, Brian, on the show today. So we're very excited about that. I went down to um, Chadwick's. Wexford Park yesterday so that's what he was at it was a launch day for Chadwick's they, uh, they, uh, the home of Wexford GA has been renamed Chadwick's Wexford Park so geez, Ch- I have... is it Chadwick's is that what you said <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say I'd never met Davy. like this this was a, a bit of a shock to me meeting Davy Fitzgerald in, in an environment that wasn't a match day Davy Fitzgerald so we know Davy Fitzgerald for Davy on the television from uh, matches his post-match interviews his his pre-match interviews which can be also good his sideline um, carry on I'd never met Davy just in a relaxed setting and I, I, I was very surprised at the person I met he was nothing like game day Davy. Yeah you, you've hit the nail on the head he's totally different like obviously I played against Davy and I um, when I was starting out and you know I, I had huge admiration for him but he was stone nuts when you were hurling against him and <laughs> like and then when he was manager and if you were a player in that position like you know he liable to do anything to yeah. him you know and look we've seen that so many times and time, time again but you know as you said I met him once actually it's a, a good one he was up with Six Mile Bridge Miners um and he would have been he would have been intercounty manager for Clare at the time. So he was up in our uh, club field playing a practice match against our Coolary Miners. And look, they were they were way ahead of him. It was a dirty, wet evening, spilling rain. Davies there have has him playing, you know, a lovely brand of hurling used using the ball, but way too tactical for our boys. Uh, we were way too agricultural on the evening. But I went down to say hello to him after and we must have spent half an hour chatting, just nice leisure, leisurely chat, you know, shooting the breeze and, you know, real nice guy actually off the field when you when you put aside all that, you know, that real mental, mad, you know, will to win. Yeah, and I was talking to him because me and Davey had obviously, we had fallen out and I was saying that on the show before about the Brian O'Halloran and Young O'Connell thing back then and to be fair to Davey, he kind of gave me his side of things and we were laughing about it. I, w- I had to float with the PR company make sure now to tell Davy I'm coming down so I didn't want to get fucked out of it by him when I went down because yeah. like, I mean I saw Davy at matches and I wouldn't go anywhere near him I'd be terrified because you know he could ball you out of it and you know you don't want to be the centre of no, something like that, that yeah. you know you don't want to be that he's the star of the show and you you know you just don't want to be getting involved or anything but I just stayed away from him so I floated it anyways and he was happy to do it and then he was grand like I mean there wasn't a bother on him so like I mean that's coming up in part two 27 minutes I wasn't expecting 27 minutes I was expecting about 15 minutes so he's coming up um, in part two Willie Barrett has been talking Brian uh, this week he's obviously the head of the National Referees Committee and he's been discussing the matches obviously 
obviously the Saturday night match and the Sunday match. One was as bad as the other. And he said, I don't think you can look at the match and say none of them were freeze. By the letter of the law, they were freeze. The other side of the coin is, do they ignore freeze? Now, I was saying here on Monday, some of them weren't freeze. Some of the, some of the players were so surprised they were getting freeze that there was no way they were freeze. Galan won in the second half where he was just being tightly marked. Harnady won. Um, there, was a whole, look, there was a whole load of them. Declan Dalton got one. You could list, list them out. I did, I did on Monday. But when he says, by the letter of the law, they were freeze... That's disappointing to the head of the National Referees Committee is trying to argue that some of these were freeze. Yeah, I think it's just one of those situations where he's going to back his referees no matter what. And if he's not seen publicly to do that, <clears throat> well, then I suppose it's a lost cause as a referee completely. So I think he's he's not going to go into the meet individually um, or, or we're going to run into serious trouble if they have to defend absolutely everything. But yeah. um, at the same time, look, if he doesn't defend them, who is going to? Has to defend him, yeah, but like, I mean, he could reassure hurling fans and hurling fans in general that, okay, this is not, you know, we don't, that's, it's not a direction, we don't want the, the ref, the games over refed. He didn't really do that. I don't think that would be, I don't think that would be throwing the referees under the bus. He, he's saying that by the letter of the law, they were freeze. They weren't. <laughs> no, no, they weren't. They certainly weren't. And, and look, I know um, all hurling people, we go mad when there's too many frees. Um, and obviously, case in point this weekend, but we just want to see a, a free flow, flowing game and a, a bit of manliness into our hurling. Um, and not just that stop start nature because it's, it's not a pretty spectacle. And you've said it yourself, you, you struggle to watch it. Anyone struggles to watch it when it's just that stop start nature. And hurling people don't want it. And as you said, very, very clearly, there was a number of occasions where there was no free. And it's just mind boggling. You know? Yeah. See the way I said hurling fans and not hurling people so I could include myself into the, <laughs> <laughs> into the conversation. <laughs> he, also, he made a point about the advantage. He said, we felt the advantage wasn't working out the advantage rule so maybe that's the reason for the extra freeze so he's trying to um, argue that in situations where referees have not blown the free now this this is a separate thing to the freeze not yeah. being freeze he's saying say if you give away a free and it is genuinely a free not freeze we're talking about that aren't freeze but yeah. a genuine free he's saying that referees now instead of letting the advantage go are actually blowing the free because teams are not getting enough advantage out of the advantage and sure then what's the point in having an advantage rule like I mean you know that doesn't yeah, really like make sense either now that that is a crazy statement because I started to question myself when I read that saying why have they taken out the advantage rule now yeah, you know or, that was, that was yeah. my reading of that. I was like have I missed something here and to the best of my knowledge the advantage rule is still there and I think the advantage rule works really well and I think you know Harlan and football I think we we particularly like it. it it's it, it's an actual a really good rule and most players let's be honest you were there as well Willie you want to try and get your score from play Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. want to hand over no. that's what you do you want to score from play you don't want to hand it over even as a free taker I'd still rather get that ball and tap it over the bar myself than have to put it down and put it over so yeah. I think the advantage rule was a great rule and I would hate if they were going down the road of trying to limit that but what bi- my point on this is the, hand, the, ex- the advantage one what business is it of a referee if the advantage doesn't work out that's none of his business he yeah. applies the rules and if the yes, advantage exactly. doesn't work out that's for somebody else to worry about it's not for the referee on the day the referee on the day has to allow the advantage our players will tear their hair out and say what can, wh- wh- they'll be even more confused about what's going on yeah one, one thing for me so I think that has caused a huge confusion so are you going to allow advantage or not? Yeah. Starters? So they should be because that rule is in and I think where we really need clarity though is some referees kind of allow the advantage and if you get your shot off that scene is well and even if you miss it oh your chance is gone whereas other referees referee it that if it goes if you take your shot and it goes wide it's back for a free I think I'd like to see a little bit more consistency in that approach be it whichever way it is and then just settle on it you know so that's not it's not varying from referee to referee I saw Michael Murphy in the Dublin game sorry now hurling people for bringing up a football example but it's relevant here Michael Murphy got a free against Dublin the other night and he the referee put his hand up for advantage Michael Murphy pretty much just stopped playing he took the yeah. free. He wanted the free himself. So, like, a re- the, it's the player decides that. So, say if yeah. Patrick Horgan gets fouled and he thinks uh, he thinks uh, a, a free is a better opportunity than what currently is there, and he's a better judge of it than the referee. Yeah. Why didn't he just fall to the ground and drop the ball or something? You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and make sure he gets his free rather than continue on. If the player wants to continue on, the referee has to allow him blowing it up. Yeah. 
you know, the, ref, the, the, the player might see a goal on that the referee has no idea that this could be on. Exactly. And you don't know until you take your three or four steps when things open up in those situations. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think a player has the best judgment in that situation. The advantage rule is there. I, I, I look, I think that is that is baffling that he came out with that particular statement at the weekend yeah, or after no, the weekend. Definitely. Well, Limerick are gone on a training camp. So unusual to go on the training camp mid-league. No disrespect to Westmead. They're playing them at home next week. That's probably fed into it Brian in fairness they probably looked at what week they can get away yeah. because we know April now you need special permission from the CCCC to go in April because it has to be for clubs so counties are looking for a gap in the league now to maybe get a, get a week away Yeah uh, I suppose in essence it is disrespectful to Westmead in a way because they looked at it and said look hey this is cannon fodder here this is a huge issue I suppose with the league um, in particular as well and you've been banging about this for a while and they said look this is the week we can go you know we can we can actually go we can't go during Easter that would have been when a lot of trips would have happened because you said that's the club month now Um, so this opportunity they said right we'll do that I actually feel um, sorry for maybe the, the players that are going to play on Sunday because um, they'll probably try out a good few players against Westmead as well and then they'll probably get their, their only opportunity or, or one of few opportunities to try and perform after doing a, a week's training um, and a flight home and everything so it'll be tough to perform for those players on Sunday they'll be under a bit of pressure too Yeah, they're home, um, on, Saturday, they're home on Saturday at 2 o'clock but sure Limerick are making 8 changes per game one way or another anyway so That's true too What is their beat? Yeah, you know they're, they're just they're mixing it around like, But I, yeah, sorry to come across. the The big thing for me is 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 the probably the onus back on players now to get that week off. Um, you know, like guys working inter county level, you know, you have to take a good few days off between different things, between you know matches and training camps, and you know a full week off. Then on top of that, um, if you're self employed, that's really really difficult. You're not getting you know, you're not getting any money returned from that perspective. You know, employers have to be pretty okay with you. If you're in school and teachers, and we all obviously know there's a lot of teachers involved in hurling at the moment, you know you, you need a very understanding principal um, that will actually let you off for the week. Yeah. Um, because you know we've set we've great holidays, but we've set holidays. You know, so without taking another week off, and and we're only back off midterm then as well. You're so. only back off time. Why would they not have yeah. gone that week? That was leading that was leading up to the Cork game. So maybe they didn't yeah. want to go. See that's that's exactly it, you know. Now John Kiley's a principal himself, so I'm sure he was able to give himself a bit of time off. So there's no hassle with him. Yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> but do you know what? I'd love to be a fly on the wall and watch what Canark does with them when he has a full week, you know, to get his yeah. hand to get his hands on him and do the, the bit of tactical work, you know, that that he likes to do and a few probably walkthroughs, a good few team meetings about, you know, the players telling him what they think and getting feedback and by the end of the week having it absolutely perfect. Yeah, perfect. And I think, you know, you see, we, we had this debate a couple of weeks ago about the, the merit of, of training camps. I think the way the game has gone and how much it has progressed over the years, like I think it's it's massive if we can get away for those two days. You know, when I went on them a couple of years ago, yeah, we trained hard, but there probably wasn't as much thought in terms of tactical awareness and all that side of things. And, yeah. you know, invariably it always ended up in a good few points as well. Yeah, no, well, that's it. I think the walkthroughs are very important and the, yep. like the feedback on the field and then try, you know, say he has Mulcahy, Galan and Flanagan in there and he's the rest of the team outside and he's there, right, well, you know, I want, dear, he's dear McBurns and you have whoever, Dan Morrissey and these are the balls we want now. Grode Hegarty, I want you joining in now and want you getting back, you know, walking through yep. stuff, you know, without any opposition until you get it, yep. until you, until players pretty much are, have it perfectly in their head and then, then filtering in some opposition on it. You know, we, look, yep. we've been through these kind of things and talking about it. There's, a, there's clearly a value to getting away like that um, tactically for the week. Massive, massive. And look, I think they already have this down to a T. It's just obviously refining it time and time again until, um, they just become unstoppable because I tell you the way they're going at the moment they certainly look that way Oh I think they're going to win the All-Ireland Davey thinks it too um, you'll hear that in, in, in no he doesn't think they're going to win the All-Ireland he thinks there might be a step ahead of uh, a slight step ahead of everybody else Here come here what do you make of Leash giving up their home advantage against Kilkenny Now my idea on this is is that if a Moor Park is a swamp I would pump more water in on top of it with Kilkenny, <laughs> <laughs> with Kilkenny coming down to a Moor Park. What's Eddie Brennan thinking here, Brian? Explain to me why we would go to Nolan Park. Now, is he playing silly beggars with us playing Kilkenny later on in the championship? Is he going to put out a dummy team? I don't know. I would turn a Moor Park into... I'd have a mud wrestling match with them rather than, rather than a hurling match. 
I honestly think Eddie's hands are tied in this. I'd say the county board have just called the halt to all the matches there. Um, right. And he doesn't have enough, say, pull within the county to say, actually, hold on, no, we're, we're holding on to our home advantage. Yeah. And maybe personally, he sees no merit in playing in Omar Park. Now, I... I've seen the highlights of the Leash Carlo game at the weekend. It looked in terrible state. I got a better view. Actually, again, we'll, we'll quote him, the Buff Egan. He went down to the side of the field and, and videoed um, the state of, of right in front of, you know, the, the stand and all the sand that's there. Like it was in dire straits. Um, and I think the day of four games on it last week, which like is crazy. Yeah, it's a like, lot. And Moor Park's usually in great condition. Like Eddie, in fairness, Eddie didn't blame any groundsmen. It's just terrible, yeah. terrible weather. But I wonder, like the Leash often played home league games in Rathdowney's pitch. Yeah, exactly. So I, I look. I think I think Eddie is happy enough to actually just go there um, to yeah. go to Nolan Park. Uh, Maybe it's to give Leash a taste of it. You know, like I mean, yeah. You see, and and you can get. You see, that's we've talked about this before. I, I know it's only down the road and all that, but you do. You can. You know, it's a trial run for your championship game, I suppose, essentially, and you know, getting all your, um, you know, your itinerary exact and where you're going to warm up and all those sort of things and getting used. Because I suppose, you know, Leash haven't played too often in Nolan no, Park no. over the last couple of years either. So getting used to that, and it's it's a tough place to go and play, yeah. as I know. No, well, I understand that. Obviously, it's experience he's trying to give them in Nolan Park, that, and that that makes sense to me now. I'm only joking, obviously, of pumping a more park with more with more uh, water. <laughs> well, maybe half. That'd be a cheddar plunket. That would be a cheddar. <laughs> Plunkett trick rather than metric. <laughs> um, they, they, uh, just talking about Kilkenny before we get into Davy. Uh, terrible news that Adrian Mullen is gone with a cruciate, and that's on the back of uh, Richie English, which we talked about on Monday's show. He's gone as well. Dreadful stuff. And I was commenting with JJ on Monday, Brian, that I didn't think it was that serious with Adrian because he was he actually smiled at someone on the stretcher on the way off. There we saw it on on League Sunday last week. But obviously, you know, when you're in that kind of pain, maybe you don't know what you're not, you're not really sure how to react. Yeah, and, and everyone seems, you know, thank God I've never had a cruciate, but like, I've, you know, you have seen players walk off the field. You know, yeah. they know they can't play on, but they have walked off or limped yeah. off. So, you know, you suppose you just, you can never go by an, an initial reaction, but the physios, good chartered physios know straight away. They have a test that they can do. Yeah, they, and pull, they, they pull the in, calf. They yeah, pull the calf exactly. forward, yeah. And they know instantly that a cruciate is gone, you know. Um, they probably don't break it from on the field, but... Um, you know, it is, it, it's it's gut-wrenching, you know. And it's hard, you know, but Adrian Mullen, he's, look, what a hurler, obviously, but what a, um, a load, you know, he has had over yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, going from Kieran's straight into his Ballyhale tenure over the last couple of years, you know, back-to-back All-Irelands, Kilkenny under-21s, Kilkenny seniors. And then, you know, it's just never ended. And then trying to play a bit of Fitzgibbon in on top of that as well, you know, because he did come back and play for DCU and, and, and came on for them there in that, in that semi-final. So like, right. it's just a huge, you know, workload. And, and he was playing under 20 in the lead up to last year's Leinster final and all, wasn't he? Remember? Yeah, that's he, right. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, now he actually missed out in the Leinster final, but um, he did play in the All-Ireland semi-final. So, you know, like you have that on top of it. And look, I remember going back and as much as you enjoy hurling when you're young when you do have that huge amount of games it is tough it is hard to play on every single team and the problem is and obviously it's the same for all top in countries you have to play well every day you go out yeah you know? yeah. no it's definitely disappointing for him and, and for Kilkenny too because well, you know his first year was impressive imagine what he was going to be like in his yeah. second year when he has that kind of experience now and maybe take on more responsibility and things like that so everyone's a loser with this but we'll wish Adrian uh, best of luck right we'll come back and we'll talk to uh, Davy Fitzgerald I'd never be allowed to go off and eat a heap of shite like him and go a slob or whatever like I was always doing a bit I remember, all I remember is I thought I was going to get clobbered in the way in there I threw the ball up in there I don't know it was, it was pure luck no in fairness pure luck I had fucking bullshit as you see yourselves Davey how's it going I finally tracked you down yeah, after a few years, we, we've got to meet up and have a chat, yeah. Um, listen, things are okay. When you're winning a few games, it makes life a bit easier. So Good, yeah. Well, you are. You're, you're on top of the world. And that's what I was interested. Like, a brilliant comeback win against Dublin when it looked like you were completely out of the game. And you did that kind of in Parnell Park against them last, last year. The camera went on to you at the final whistle and you didn't look like a man who'd won the game. I don't know if you saw it or not, but you, you, were, you were fairly annoyed about something. Yeah, so obviously, listen... Um, Firstly, two 
get the win playing average enough was that's a good thing. Yeah. When you, when you're winning and myself and the lads know there's a lot of things we didn't do the way we should have. But in fairness, that might be down to Dublin as well. They had their homework well done and fair play to them. Um, but we're definitely going to have to be better in the championship. Delighted with resilience. When when you get a result that you shouldn't get, yeah. it's it's great. Like, that's um, what good teams do, isn't yeah. it? That's what the top teams do. Well, that's a, that's something that we're learning now. When I think like against Kilkenny, playing against the Storm, we were a point down with about 17 minutes to go, and we got a result. Yeah, and that like was another big one. Yeah. Well, it was the composure which we played at the end of the game, and we weren't afraid to go back with the ball and knock the ball around the whole possession of it, and that's not kind of the done thing. Like, but I was delighted when you're playing against that sort of a breeze, you can't just be hitting away at the ball, you have to, you have to hold. And I didn't need to tell them. They, they managed it out themselves and it was great. So them two or three little things are a help. And the reason I was probably not overjoyed after the game was, I was just frustrated. That, that was it. Like, I love hurling. I love going to see games. And if I was a paying customer going in to see Dublin and Wexford, I would have been... Like a, you wouldn't be happy. You you couldn't be happy. You've fifty threes in a game, and whether I'd won or lost, I would have been the same way, hundred and ten percent. Because I right. just I just love seeing two teams go at it and being let go at it, you know. Yeah, and so like I mean, I I didn't see your game. I just saw highlights, but I saw the Limerick Cork game the next day, and that was dreadful stuff altogether. And I was asking on the lads on the podcast, is that just unlucky that they're two of the weaker referees? That you know, it's not. This is necessarily a problem within mm. the game with refereeing or is this just you have to watch out and you know different referees you know one could blow for everything and another might not um, like I look at I look at Sean Clear who refereed the Cork and Limerick game I actually think he's a decent referee but I feel that maybe he's taken the letter of the law where maybe they're being told you have to blow for every single free I think the referee should be given a small bit more initiative to just say listen Keep it as balanced as you can. Blow for the stuff that's really bad that you need to blow for. Let our game flow. Yeah. That would be my but view. The problem on. is that if they're being told that, why are they being told that? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Because like, I, I don't believe there's any bad guys over it, like, uh, like the Willie Barris, the Donald Smith, these guys. I believe the heart is going in the right place. Um, they might get one or two things into their head. The same as we would as managers, we might get one or two things into our head. But... Maybe the referees then are taking it to the letter of the law and, like, I don't think you can. Like, honestly, there was 14 versus 13 at the end of our game. I, I didn't see any manger bad. Like, you punish someone if they do damage to someone, to hurt someone, 100% deal with it. Yeah. But, man, I, I honestly didn't see any bad fouls that are there from our side or from the Dublin side. There wasn't. There might have been a bit of holding at times or X, Y, and Z, but it wasn't. There wasn't deliberate actions to have three people sent off, in my view. Yeah. How did you keep your composure then with watching a match like that? Because we know uh, refereeing decisions are, are a potential weakness of yours. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I will, I'll admit that. Like, I, I, I look at things and I, if I'm not happy with it, you'll know I'm not happy with it, right? Um, I, found it, I, I found it extremely hard the other night. And I know if I was in the stand and if I was watching it, right, I, I'd be the exact same because... I, like, a lot of my thing, Colm, is I love going to games and watching games. But I, I, I want to learn, number one. I'm the type of person that wants to go and see how a Galway, how a Kilkenny, or is Tip doing something different? Can I learn something? And in order to learn something, the game has to flow. Yeah. And I love that. And I love our hurling for the last few years. It's, to me, it's gone to another place. And I suppose everything involves every number of years, but I love trying to learn and watch. And I would just be frustrated as a hurling person, even outside of a manager, with stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Come here, I meant to ask you about referees because there's two theories about giving referees uh, grief, right? One is that if you give them a bit of grief over decision, it'll get into their head and they'll go, OK, I have to even this up. <laughs> Another theory is if you give them too much grief, they'll turn completely against you and you won't get anything off them. Yeah. Um, you're obviously on the first. You're, no, you're the first. I, I will be. It depends, right? <laughs> it depends. Um, if you feel strongly about something and if you feel you have a case, where do you go at Like. To me, there should be an avenue where, like, there is things that are wrong. There is cases, and I'll tell you this, the last few years where when I look back at the video, I knew I was wrong. And I was, even my time at Clare, I can remember I was wrong about something James Owens did in a, a Kilkenny versus Clare game. We lost it by a point, and I thought it was a terrible decision, and I'd give it to him after the game. No, he didn't do anything. He probably knew I was a bit of a rat. But I went away and I watched it, and I met him afterwards, 
um, a few weeks later and I apologised. I said, 100% I was wrong. You were right. And stuff like that, I don't mind when I look at it back and if you're wrong, you're wrong. But then there's times where I know there was stuff and it, it wasn't dealt with. And what I hate is being dismissed. I hate being dismissed by a referee. Like I hate yeah. just, that's only Davion again, get rid of him. That would Our, make you worse. That, absolutely, that's a total lack of respect um, towards us. And if, like if I was to go to referees, that's only so-and-so, like, you're nothing. Like they make you feel unreal. I can remember a particular referee, right? Um, in the championship one year when I was at Clare, waited at the edge of the tunnel for me, right? I had said nothing to him, but he wanted to be seen to dress me down in front of the whole crowd, right? Right. And he sent in the linesman, come out here, I want to talk to you. I said, oh, you want to talk to me, come in here? I said, and we'll talk, no problem. And I was cool as a breeze, but I wasn't going out. Right. Because he wanted to make a point in front of 30,000 that he was dealing with me. Right. I thought that so was so unfair. You're talking about at half time you'll wait for them. During the game, obviously, they're not going to explain to you what a freeze for. No, but I wouldn't, mind, I wouldn't mind just getting an opportunity to ask the questions. And I think our chairman will tell you, right? Yeah, it might be nice, but I, I guarantee you I'll be calm enough to ask the question, just can you tell me why this is or what the story is at this? Because one or two decisions decide a game, like it's, it's yeah. done and dusted. There was a team we played with Wicks for two years ago. We played them twice with the same referee. I think the free count was 19-6 between the two games. Right. See, that could, be in a, that could be you having rubbed that referee up the wrong way before. Do you ever think about that? Uh, it quite possibly did because... It was the same referee that refereed the college game that we lost by point that no way should we have lost it. <laughs> and it could be that I got on to him and he said, I'll sort it. He actually told our number 11 in the college game, um, your manager doesn't help you, he said. You better get up. Right. You need to bring all the referees out for dinner or something. Oh, man. <laughs> no, there's, like, I would have a really good relationship with X amount of them. There's some of them you can actually ring and ask them a question afterwards. I admire that. Like, I'll give you a good example. Like, dear McCarrowan, um, from Cork, one of the best referees I thought, I could ring him and ask him, Dermot, why was that? And he'd give you his side of it. Sometimes I agree, sometimes I wouldn't. But you know what? It was nice that you were actually able to ask the question. And probably tell you even my relationship with him afterwards when he refereeing games, some decisions good, some bad. You became her, yeah. I, I was because I felt that he showed he had enough um, of respect to talk to you, explain his side of it. Because... There is two sides to everything. Like, I, I, I'm not going to be right as much as I'd like to think I am. I'm not going to be right all the time. Of course, yeah. I want to know what they're seeing. Yeah. And they might have seen it completely different to what I've seen. You know? so it depends on the personalities of the referees. Some, yeah, some don't, don't lend themselves to you being calm with them, maybe. And that's, yeah, that's well, kind of, come here, I want to ask you about the sweepers. Because I suppose ever since the Tipperary game, the, the jury has come back and sweepers are okay now. That every, have, you, have you noticed that the, the, the kind of analysis around sweepers has changed now since that game? Yeah. I, it's not that you're not the big bad wolf now anymore. I was getting hounded for that. Like, I, I actually don't know if sweeper's the right word, right? I actually don't know if it is the right word. Um, it's, it, without giving away too much, because I don't want to really be telling everyone else how we work with it, all I'm saying to you is, and the only thing I'll say to you is, it might not be seven backs for as long as you think. Yeah. That's all I say. It isn't maybe the way you think it is. But has that evolved over your time, Wexford? Because, oh. like, I mean, Sean Murphy played a different sweeper role now than, Fo you know, Kevin Foley it, It's evolving all the time, right? Yeah. 100% it is. And, like, I'm in the game a long time. And 100% I don't know at all. I'm trying to figure out, as we're going along, what can you do different because I believe that everything changes all the time and you have to come up with new stuff. If, if I went to say for example take on the Kilkenny side that were so dominant from 2005 upwards right the last thing you should be doing with them is taking them on at what they're good at. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you have to find different ways. The same in Cork when they were a bit dominant a few years before that and I just love trying to look at different things. All I'd say to you on the sweeper is I don't think it's what people might have thought it was that it's seven defenders all the time and we're just defending like that. Like, I've seen other teams back a number of years ago and they were bringing eight, nine, ten fellas back and people thought it was 15 and 15. It wasn't 15 and 15. There was wing forwards coming back and being defenders and they were working so hard back yeah, then. It wasn't as obvious. It, Maybe, you know, it was easy to say it's 15 and 15 when it was, you know. No, well, if you really look back at it, because I love studying it and just looking back at it, and I'm not saying there was anything wrong with what they did. It got the results for them and they achieved what they needed to achieve, fair play to them. 
But if you look inside, I was doing analysis on one particular team, and I can remember looking at 12 guys inside their 65, and no one was saying a word to him. Like, yeah, I think the centre-back covering the full-back line. Oh, he's going back, right? <laughs> you have their wing-backs rushing back to help their full-back line, right? You have the wing-forwards coming back to cover the wing-forwards that were staying out for the handy ball. Like, there's a lot of bodies coming back yeah. in, like, you know, and I don't see anything... That's, that's grand. It, it worked. But yeah. there wasn't a word said about it, you know? No, I think that's it. And maybe the traditional counties get a, get a break on that a little bit as well. Do you watch Gaelic football, Davy? Because I see a lot of your tactics in hurling kind of, I don't know, did, it, did Gaelic football tactics influence them a bit? Like, you know, like half-backs going without the ball. You know, and now we've attacking full-back lines, which we have in Gaelic football. You know, different things like I, that, like inter- interchangeable half-back and half-forward lines. I watch everything, right? But I'll be honest with you, no, like a lot of my stuff... That I, what's in my head is at the moment is um, I want to be able to empower my players to make their own decisions, right? So in order for that to happen, you have to have choice. It's not get the ball and hit the ball, right? It's you run. If you want to give a sharp pass, give it. If you want to get it back, get it back. If you want to give a 20-yard dink ball, fine. If you want to give a crossfield ball, fine. If you want to go and shoot, fine. If you want to keep going up the field. And I think the lads will tell you, they make their own choices. Whatever they feel is in, whatever they feel is in front of them, yeah. do it. Will it be right all the time? 100% no. But I want them to have choice. I believe hurling is an unbelievable game. When I was a young fellow playing, I just remember, I might be Sean Stack at centre-back, might be Jerry McInerney up front. or you know, I was going out there and I was different fellas every day and I loved kind of being able to go out and just hurl away. Yeah. And I feel the way we play at the moment allows players that freedom to say, okay, my job isn't just full back alone. I, I, okay, when I'm at full back, I have to do my job. But if I get a chance and I'm in the ball, and if I want to keep going, and if he said, keep going, and someone else will just slot into his role then. Yeah, that's the thing, and it's interchangeable, and it's a little bit unorthodox. And maybe the traditional hurling counties aren't really ready for that, to be tracking men when they're not... It's, not, it's unusual it, it's to improved. Have to track. The tracking of fellas has improved... Yeah, immensely. Like, I'm thinking of Bubbles and Sean Murphy now in the semi final. Yeah. He didn't want to be tracking at all, you know. No, you, you, there are certain forwards that are scorers, and it's not in their heads to have to work. And I suppose maybe identifying them. But I'm not I, going to give I, your secrets away, or maybe yeah, that's not. No, not different things. I just believe every player should be able to play in most positions. Don't limit yourself to being like a wing forward. Why not be able to do what a wing back does as well? If you have to arrive there for 10 minutes, why not be able to survive there for 10 minutes? I, I think it's just, it's opening up the game more, that you're learning more, and that, yeah, I, I can do this. If I'm here for a few minutes, I can do this. And I, I kind of excited by it. Like, I'm, I don't know if it'll work, but I kind of know the lads are enjoying it. Yeah, and you have the young O'Connor fella in cornerback who plays midfield for his club, so that's yeah. another... Well, in fairness to his club... He went back full back. He went back full yeah. back, right? And I remember watching the first game or two, he was iffy enough, but as it was going on... He grew into it, big time. And do you know what? I put him on cornerback and I can't get him off at the moment because he's actually, he's doing well. Yeah. And I'm, he's with me now. This is a fourth year. He's been on the panel since day one. This is the first time he's got a run of games. And I'm delighted for him because he's stuck in there and he, he, he's rarely got a game. Now, right. do you know what? That persistence, I love it. And he didn't give up because it was easy. You know, if you're not making a team... It's, it's fucking easy to say, I'm going, I'm, I'm over here, I'm not He's stuck in there. Yeah. And I, he, but it must be a happy camp for him to stick in, you know, for it to be in, like, often I used to be the one that I would leave. I would, I, I, my enjoyment was on the first 15, but, like, we all know that you have director of music and you try to make it a very happy camp. It must be to keep lads going that aren't getting looking. I, I don't know, would you, would you keep everyone happy all the time? I, I don't think, with 35 or 6 guys and you can only play 15, it's very hard, but... We try and make the point to them, our first 15 can't succeed if they're not being challenged massively. And the end goal for me, I, okay, you like winning stuff, I love seeing people happy. My biggest thing out of GA, right, is when you do something you're not meant to do. When you win games, you're not meant to win. And when you look at people's emotions, man, you can't buy that. Mm. All the medals you want in the world, you can't buy that. And that's what I say to these guys. Like, we have the extra support behind us at the moment and they're great. It's unbelievable when they get behind us. And I want them lads to play in that. I want the 36 lads to, you're part of this. Would you prefer to be sitting at home and not be part of this? 
and you go and support it, or would you rather be in the thick of it and changing people's lives and seeing how that you're putting people in good form? I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Come here, I want to ask you about team talks before we finish up. Yeah. Um, I was interested after the Leinster final, you said you didn't do a team talk that day, because there's, there's loads of videos of you on YouTube. You are capable of giving a good up and at them hmm. team talk. Has it moved away from that? Um, so I, I won't say, so I'll put it to you before in the dressing room, maybe 10 seconds. That's it. Right. We have other things that we do, right? And uh, we keep ourselves, but there's other things we do then that I feel is more beneficial to us performing on the field, right? Um, we have certain things that I think is really good. I don't believe that anything you do on the day of a game will change the player too much. No. I believe that the week, the 10 days before it, is the window. So, team talks before you go out, I think. Like, I remember when I was playing, listen, being honest about it, it could have been Gerald Cannon, I fucking wasn't listening yeah. to a word. Like, I was just tuned into what I feel I was going to do. And so, it's only the last year or two I've kind of said, you know, why am I talking for the sake of talking? No point. Get around, see is everyone okay, whatever the story is. We do our few things that we have. I believe you should go out in the field feeling good. Feeling, yeah, yeah. let's get ready to go. Because what I always found, like, there could be a team talk in the warm-up, then there'll be another one in the dressing yeah. room, then there's another one when you get in a huddle on the field. And it's, we, have it's all we have 15 minutes, uh, being honest, um, early out in the day, right? So 15 minutes, I might take three or four minutes, go over a few points, then the backs coach and the forwards coaches will get them for maybe 10, go over that. That's it. Yeah. The whole day, that's it. And all they're really doing is just, they might say one thing that might trigger, but is it really a massive part of our day? No, it could be killing time a small bit as well, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not really, tell you the truth. I do, I do accept the, definitely agree with your point that it's the week leading up to it. That's when, you, that's, when, that's when lads start thinking about driving to work. You know what I mean? And you get really inside their heads rather oh. than... It's too late on match day, you're right. All the stuff has to be done way out before it, way out. Um, like normally, the last night for a championship game, we will do something completely away from her. We actually, if I have my work done with the lads and my background staff having their work done before them, I think I'm wasting my time. I think not, you're not at it. Because you're not going to change very much between Friday night and Sunday. No. You're not going to do it. If I haven't them boys ready, my background staff haven't them ready, gone. Yeah, gone. it's definitely changed from that because obviously managers banging on tables was the way to go, but that's not what to do in rugby anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that's what Guardiola in soccer, for example, we see some of him in the dressing room. It's not, it's not that kind of banging on tables, old-fashioned I, I put it to you this way. I would be as good as having my plans. You could have every plan you want that out for training, right, and, and for matches. But you know what? It's sometimes in my gut I don't feel things are right. You have to be able to go from the plan and just say, this isn't right. Like a train, I, I could have trained let out with the lads, and if it's not working and I know we're not on it, we're stopping and we're going to change it. Um, like, I, you can have all the best plans you want in the world. I really believe you've got to adapt to the situations that are there in front of you. See how your guys are. Like, there has, I could count in one hand probably in the last two years how many times I've actually ate them, right, gone after them. Right. If I feel they're not given 100% that they're capable of way more and that they're holding back, I might go after them. But if I feel they're actually trying really hard and giving up them when it's not working for them, I won't. I could be wicked calm inside there and say, okay, guys, I know you're trying. We've got to try and figure out something else to make this happen. And I think I've evolved that way because you're right. 100% of those times I was completely the other way and you go yeah. in roaring and shouting. doesn't probably make sense to do that. Yeah. It, it's hard at half time not to go in roaring and shouting out. Before the game, obviously, nothing's happened, so it's easier to be calm at half time. It, dep it depends, Colm, right? If I feel that they're actually busting it out there and they're giving it, and things might be going right for them, I'm actually, I'm okay. What game was it? There was, there was one of the games there, I can remember, we were fucking, we were struggling, but I knew that they were actually giving me everything. And we just had to maybe change the formation, we had to do a few things, wouldn't give out to them, just say, okay, we need to do this. And it's, I think... I think that has helped me in the last year or two or three is that I've read that probably a lot better. Right. That, that I'm better at sizing up that situation. Don't get it right all the time, 100%, but I, I'd like to think I can read the situations a bit better. Yeah, I th you said after that Leinster final as well, the young people are different and maybe they don't respond back to, you know, maybe that oh, kind of thing. The way we were managed <laughs> would not happen now. Yeah. 
I suppose that's just coming up from underage coaches and they're not allowed to maybe shout at them, you know, yeah. which is maybe a little bit too much, in my opinion. I think is there a mix in between some yeah. place that maybe needs to... There is a time that you might need to do it and it'll do them no harm. I, sometimes I worry you're... Are we wrapping them in cotton wool so much yeah. now it's unreal? You see it in the Premier League, if a manager criticises their players, it's all, oh no, he's going to turn the dressing room against him, like he can't actually, you have to nearly mollycoddle them. Yeah. Well, Thankfully that's not in the GEA yet. No, I just feel that balance. If we can keep, if the players know that you would, that you're there for them, I, think that's, back, a, I think that's important. Um, I, I like the players to want to be able to talk to you. Um, and I, I can't say that that was always the way of me, right? I would have tried. I think as a manager, you keep evolving and trying to be better. Um, am I perfect doing all that? 100% no. And I know I make mistakes. I know I do. But I'm enjoying what I do. And I want to see players. To me in life, the time you have is everything. Whatever else, you, the time you have is important. And I suppose it's only since I've got probably my heart thing that I realise a bit more. You know what? And I can get up and I can do stuff. It's not bad. I kind of want the players to realise there's only such a length of time I can play top-class hurling. Let's make the best Enjoy of it. Sir. Let's make the best of it. Be the best we can be. And I, I think if you're that way, even as a person, it can improve you. It can help you going on in life and, and stuff like that. And um, that's where I feel I am now. I might have to change different things in a few years' time. I don't know. Um, don't know if I'll even be still in it in a few years' time. Probably will, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'd say you definitely will. Finish up. Limerick have gone off on a warm weather training mm. camp. Have you any coming up? I, I think the ban is during April. Is that right? Rather than, or you have to ask permission now. You got in trouble. Leash got in trouble too. Dublin yeah. said they went to watch sightseeing in, in France and didn't train. It's, uh, uh, I, listen, I kind of, I understand where the GA are actually coming. I think the club is important. Now, I have to say, before I came to Wexford, I never give back my players for a month. Every year since I've been in Wexford, they've gone back to their clubs. 100% have gone back to their clubs, trained them, and are with them for a month, right? It's not a bad thing. And I, tell you, I, I feel like, so we've been training hard since December, right? So it's December, a long year. December, January, February, March, right? Like, you're looking at a few months there. Why not yeah. let them go back for the month, right? Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. The problem I have with it is, right? So I let my players go back at the end of March and then give them four weeks, three or four weeks to play club championship and train with them. And we're now not allowed to go away for a week at the end of April, right? And I'm saying to myself, well, I'm after doing exactly what, what you, you wanted, wanted right? Yeah. Like, I think you can ask for permission for it now if you explain that. If, yeah. you exp- if you've gotten enough games played within it. Are Limerick getting a jump on everybody else getting away this early? Um, like, I probably, if I had a choice between now and April, the end of April, I would be the end of April. Yeah. Um, Closer to championship, yeah. That's my view. Um, Limerick could get off a tip got last year that went away before league, yeah. yeah. We, like, if we'd won the All Ireland, everyone would have said, yeah, sure, the trip you had away last year, that was good. And it's funny, the training camp we had last year, we worked hard. I actually didn't, uh, I might have gone away back in the past, and um, we might have trained like dogs for the five days. Last year, kind of did it a small bit different. I remember there was at least one and a half to two days where they were said, organise your stuff there. Go away, go to water parks, do what you want to do. You're after a hard foot, just chill. So yeah. they might have had a day where they just completely had to crack. You're mellowing in your, in your old age, no, David. But no, but you are definitely more focused on the enjoyment part of it, which is really important. If you feel good, if you feel good, I'm going to get way more out of yeah. it. And but the lads want to play for you then. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you've given them a break. Or, you know, you've yeah, been but they will come, they will train hard as well, right? So they know, all right, I might have to stay off, but I know that they're going to work really hard for me in the other days. I think that's important, that give a bit to get a bit. Yeah, give a bit to get it. a bit. That's I a good think, message, I yeah. think. From a lot of managers yeah. could uh, just could uh, you know, listen to that point. Just to finish up, outside of Wexford, who's, who's the, who's the, who's the, what team are you worried about? Um, who's, the, who's the big hitter? I think there's a lot of teams that are there, thereabouts. Uh, like Leinster will be tough, Kilkenny never be far away. I think Dublin are going to be right there. Galway are going to be right there. Leinster, in that side, it'll be tough. Leash with Eddie, like he, he's definitely the, he, the stuff that they have tried to do is great. I can be a summer team, would they be? I think the way I think the way they play is similar enough to the way we play, um, and I know the way they're doing stuff. Like I, I know how to self-analyze a lot. Even when the players was in the league, they were that self-analyze what they had to do afterwards, which is great that you've to go back and analyze yourself, analyze the opposition. 
I like the way he's doing stuff. Munster is going to be a, a minefield as well. Like Clare, my team is great to see him doing well. Um, so it is. Uh, you look at Tip; they'll be they'll want to get a second if they can. I know Ashidi is a seriously driven man. Cork under Kieran will be back thereabouts. Warford under Liam Cal is tough. But if you ask me, Limerick, Limerick I think look, yeah. are a fraction. To me, there would just be that fraction maybe above the rest. So. They will be the team that you're trying to say, OK, we've got to be there, there both of them. OK. Davey, thanks very much. No problem. Welcome. All these changes were brought around to help the clubs, as what was said, and the solution that came up with was to play more inter-county matches. I suppose you have no hurry in your hand, you have to kick it. So I don't know what I was doing trying to kick hurry. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people would have been happier if I took that ball and slammed it. So it's a weird one here, Brian, talking about the matches. Um, last year we did permutations at this stage of the year. This year there isn't really any permutations. Again, this feeds into me boring league, you know, absolute nonsense. One B is done and dusted, um, pretty much, and one A you know there, there's two games that haven't been played so there's no real excitement around the final round of the league at all yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a strange one and you know look we've harped on about this but the, the, particularly the 1B it's, 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 it is very frustrating it's it's, it's very straight cut I know where they actually finish up Mike can be t- contested but we definitely know the three that are going to be going through you know so it's yeah. it is it is it is a nine and as you said the real excitement out of the last day of the league is gone I know that's that's not the GA fault, but uh, you know the weather obviously fell foul of that, you know. Yeah, and uh, we know who's in the relegation match. There's not much we don't know. You know what I <laughs> no. mean? It's like, uh, yeah. in, Jesus, you think the last round of the league would be more exciting um, than this? But probably the game of the the last weekend is Tipperary Waterford in Semple Stadium. That's Liam Cal heading back to his own um, county to take on Tipperary, and it was interesting. He said. Um, uh, there was a quote after the Galway win. He said, it will be a fine open game of hurling, I imagine. A great opportunity for us to test ourselves and to throw in a couple of guys to see how they react to the big open spaces of Semple Stadium. Now, I'm going to give Liam Cahill uh, a pass on that. But I can advise him in the championship, if you want a nice open game of hurling against Tipperary and Turles, you're going to be destroyed. Yeah, I'd take that with a pinch of salt because <laughs> Liam Cal's been around the block. Of a, There's a, a smirk on his face while he's saying that, is there? A hundred percent there is, yeah. <laughs> especially, especially that message he's getting across to Waterford at the moment. You know, he is really trying to get them to hurl with real intensity and hammer and tongs and, you know, without that safety net with the sweeper and, you know, giving them no opportunity but to believe in hard work and, and everything that that takes because, look, that's what top inter-county teams do and Waterford, had lost that edge I think over the last couple of years and I think he's really trying to bring that in um, you know they've won a couple of tight games I think that'll really stand to them um, so far so I think he'll be bringing a hell of a battle to Turles I don't think it'll be he won't be looking for an open game as you said there's only going to be one winner if he does that Yeah what did you make of Austin Gleeson and Porik Amatini playing in midfield there's a part of me like obviously big losses to the forwards but as we know Brian midfielders don't mark each other very tightly so you, you're kind of like you play your game, I play my game. Is it not better to have two free spirit scoring midfielders like Austin Gleeson and Parik Omatney? Yeah, and two link men as well. And like, look, I suppose taking both of them individually for a second, like Ozzy Gleeson didn't have a good year last year. You know, he's he probably has felt the pressure of climbing to the top so soon. You know, he won under twenty one and senior hurler of the year in the one year, <clears throat> and and just obviously hasn't re- reached those heights consistently since and that puts a massive amount of pressure on him yeah. internally more than anything else because we all know I know I know pressure comes to the outside but you know when you start to doubt yourself in, in you know internally that's when you're in real trouble I think he needs a bit of a new lease of life you know not maybe playing up in that forward line uh, back facing the ball be it that on the half back line or in midfield and I think it, it could do him a lot of good to be actually there and he's a great striker of the ball from distance and you know he did a lot of his underage hurling at centre back then as well so yeah. you know he, he's capable of hurling anywhere obviously and you'd love to see him now with a bit of a pep in his step um, and hurling the way he's able to hurl because you know he, he is fantastic and I think with Park Matney something similar He, you know he's his return from play has probably dropped a little bit over the last couple of years and I know that might come down to the style of hurling that they're playing and all that but he's someone else that's hugely important to Watford he is actually made captain 
Um, and I think again, even 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 if they don't do it in championship, you know, it might be an option. They mightn't start him in championship. I mean, it might be an option that he could go out to midfield during games. And you know, people need to be able to rotate. And you know, after coming back in after a long year with Bally Gunner, um, you know, and, and losing the Munster final, a new challenge like that and playing in midfield, it just might give him a new lease of life and give him something, you know, perk him up a little bit. And I think, you know, a change is good as the rest of times. That's thing, and like I mean, to be fair, I've talked about um, not reading too much into the league with Waterford obviously because they did had a good league last year and they had very impressive results in the league but Liam Cowell's not going this is my starting 15 this is my league I'm treating every game like a championship he is he is experimenting and he is you know playing like Jamie Barron was at number 11 the last day I'm not sure that work he's too much of a free spirit probably to to be although 11 you'll probably get that bit of freedom too off the centre back yeah, but he'd bring a huge work rate and, and, and fierce honesty and he'd put a centre-back or a half-back line under serious pressure when he brings that work rate because he's tough as nails and yeah. he is not afraid to get mixed up, mixed into things. And, you know, some, maybe Waterford identified that, you know, they wanted maybe a more ha- hard-working half-forward line and then the likes of Park, Matney, Nossing, Gleeson breaking onto the ball from midfield and, and, you know, coming off the shoulder and, and de- them being the shooters, you know. So maybe that's something that they've identified and, and that's something that could work for them. You know, Barron, you know, automatically in a head when I think of Jamie Barron, I think of, a, you know, that midfielder, that box-to-box midfielder. But, you know, we see it now, it's creeping in in other teams too. And I've said this already, Dave Fitzgerald gone up to centre-forward with Clare. Chris Crummy has flirted with it centre-forward at Dublin. So, you know, maybe they're looking for that style of hurler up there that can, you know, turn teams back towards their own goal. And, you know, as I said, just, just you know, bring that real massive work rate up there. Yeah, exactly. If it's not there naturally as well. Yeah. Liam Cahill said about playing in Semple Stadium, I thought this was interesting. He says, we'll go left in the tunnel instead of right. And then I was thinking, do Tipperary get the home dressing rooms even for championship matches in, in say a, a Munster final oh, in yeah, Turles yeah. they take they the would, home yeah. dressing room yeah they would have the first pick yeah, but definitely. it's not a, it's not a home venue for them it's the it's the it's the, it's the, it's the provincial ground well in Munster Championship obviously it would be a home fixture but you're talking about a Munster, Munster final, final be, so. yeah for Munster final yet it's still look obviously it, that, that's a very small human thing they always get the same dressing I guarantee you Dublin get the same dressing in Crow Park oh they do the, they do and I give, yeah. out, I give out about that the whole time they shouldn't they yeah. shouldn't have that routine perfect for themselves they should land in on a Munster final day say you're in dressing room be there well it's not their ground on that day yeah, it's amazing. There be a psychology what, to that. Like I'm sure if Oh, hundred percent there is, yeah. And we I like let's be honest, we all like it you know, we're we're creatures of habit. Like we sit well I know most restaurants I've been in, we sit in similar enough seats or same seats yeah. every single time. And yeah. when you go into different grounds, you go to the same corner or the same part of the bench that you and you do obviously the same in Crow Park. And being honest, every time I play in Crow Park, maybe it's whoever's doing it out. They always put off Lee and we were always in the same dressing room, you know, so maybe it's something that, you know, traditionally you were on the left or the right or whatever way it was. And it just, the way it works out, the person that's actually in charge of that, you know, and and maybe, you know, they kind of recognise on that, that micro level that that actually really helps teams to settle in. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Well, then again, you could have been under the Hogan and, and think you were in the same dressing room as under the Cusick because it's very confusing <laughs> as you drive in. It's the same tunnel and you're not sure which yeah. side, well, you're not sure which side of the actual pitch you're on. <laughs> I remember actually playing a minor match and we were underneath the Cusick or, or the Davin at the time. And um, you actually have to run, it, it's a disaster to try and get back out in the field. You have to run the full length of the Davin end or the the, the canal. What a, sorry, oh yeah, were you old, you old enough to have play, come out under the under the canal end back then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played minor, minor Leinster final there. Um, yeah, and, and like, I remember like the length of the, the distance to the dressing room it was unbelievable and a lad came in and knocked on the door one day and we'd um we had a great minor manager at the time Paddy Corbin he used to play with Offaly back in the 80s and anyone that knows him he's a real kind of gruff sort of figure and you know, they were knocking on the door come on you have to come out you have to come out Paddy let roar and well you know if he didn't put us out in league club we'd be in in time so, so. <laughs> those dressing, and I was saying it politely those dressing rooms were absolutely tiny down there in Croke Park before they, yeah. before they did them up I'm surprised you were old enough what year were you what year were you minor that was Leinster minor final 2000 yeah we beat Jeez, Dublin I'd say that, uh, have been the, Keeney, that must have been the last year there. Yeah, do you know they're still there because actually I played um, Super 11s uh, on the day at the American football game um, in Crow Park. I played that, what, that being around 2015 or 16. So they're definitely still there at the moment anyway. All right, well maybe we're talking about different things now because I'm talking about the dressing rooms that were there in the old Hogan stand. 
Ah, sorry. Apologies. apologies. Right, they were no, down no, at the. No, we're talking, were... Yeah, no, no. Sorry, we're talking about different things. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. Because I thought, yeah, because I thought they were they were more the the nineteen nineties. Yeah, I played in Croke Park when the old Hogan's <laughs> old Hogan's dad yeah. was there. That's old, isn't it? You're really looking at yourself being an old uh, an old ex player when you're able to do that. Um, quickly, oh yeah, Dan Shanahan had some comments about uh, Morris and about um, Noel Connors. And he says, I found it, he found it tough. He's talking about Morris um, mm. Shanahan now. He's found it tough yeah. at the start when he's admitted because he was so close to a lot of the players. They, they played together for 10 years and the two lads, um, and have the two lads admitted and 40 lads get trials doesn't add up. They went back to their clubs and, and to their gyms and their training hard. You never know. If Liam Cal is true to his word and if they play well in club championship in April, they might get back in. So Liam Cal being true to his, his word is him kind of saying the door's not closed to anybody and all that kind of yep. thing. Now, is that the right... Clearly, Liam Cal doesn't have any interest in the two lads because else they would have got trials, you know, if 40 yep. lads are getting trials. It's not a good message to send the two fellas who, are, who could be still dreaming about getting back in they're not getting back in here, Brian. Like, let's be be, be realistic about this. They're they're not getting back in, no matter how well they play for their clubs. Would that be fair? Yeah, I think I think that's a fair statement. But it's unfair. It's a, str- on them. It's a strange one. Yeah, it's a strange one. I know Liam. Because... No, but I know Liam Cal's only letting them down gently. You know, yeah. or, or you know, not trying to be controversial. He's saying, look, well, the, you know, the door's open. But then the, the players will cling on to anything to get back in. You know, so like. <laughs> Yeah, my, my thing on this, and look, and I'm no position to tell Liam Cal what to do and I'm sure he's not worried what I think, but I just found it strange that from the offset, from the bat, he dropped the two boys, you know, without ever having seen them, even even bring them in for a month and say, look, sorry yeah. lads, you know, at least you can say you've seen them. Whereas, you know, Liam's not from the county, complete outsider. It's it's hard to, to try and understand, well, what were your reasonings, you know, without thinking, well, it's personal, you know, so, uh, or a personal you know, look yeah. at someone completely be, from the outside. It couldn't you know? be personal. So it couldn't be personal. He wouldn't know them really. No, you know? not on a personal level, but you know, maybe the, the the way he sees them hurling and seen them hurling championship last year, or maybe he's heard things, you know, behind the scenes of, of, of these types of individuals, you yeah. know? So, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying there is stuff to be hearing. I'm just saying, you know, maybe this is what someone else has fed into this and said, look, you'd be better off without these guys. And he's taking them, you know, taking that bit of advice or something. It just seemed a really strange one without actually having, put them through his hands as I said even for a couple of weeks or a month um, to actually make that decision and effectively end two guys into county careers you know Yeah no it definitely is I just I didn't want to get back into that because we've discussed this probably before but when Dan Shanahan is saying if Liam is true to his word, word and if they play well in the club championship they might get back in I just felt a little bit sorry for them at that stage thinking yeah. lads you ain't getting back like, you're not getting no. back in and maybe I just, I, as well, I, I just find that strange from Dan I know he's trying to, to strong arm Liam Cadden he is to, he is he's trying into to doing it but I think, look, if Liam is strong enough to drop them without ever having seen them, I think he'd be very, very comfortable <laughs> in his own skin saying, hey, buddy, that's not going to work with me. Yeah, no, I'd, I would be. I would tend to agree with that, definitely. Come here, this is a masterstroke from Liam Sheedy. Nobody's talking about Tipperary at all. Like, the last time they won the All-Ireland, they were the Nuclear Kenny and they were bloody this, that and the other. How is he damp? Like, I suppose a few losses will dampen down expectations. I don't think expectations are dampened down. It's just there's no talk around them zero talk yeah and the league is working out perfectly for them but look again we've hit on this they always knew they'd beat Westmead so no matter what else happened in that league they could trial and try out players they have a fair idea who they have they're bringing back Noel McGrath slowly Brendan Brendan Maher slowly you know integrating Shamie Canlon here and there into games Um, same with Bubbles Dwyer so he knows exactly what he's at and it's allowing those players that are coming up from that under 21 and under 20 teams game time as well so it's you know it's satisfying their hunger to try and get game time as well It for the top teams this league is a dream you know yeah, it's for, a dream. as you said for hurling fans and hurling people and, and the developing counties as Cheddar calls them it's an absolute disaster yeah you're completely right it's not but it's not good it's not good for fans to be watching games that you know teams aren't too bothered about there has to be some has to be something on the line in top level sport for you to you know in, yeah. in properly enjoy it you mentioned Noel McGrath he got on the last day and Westmead had a player sent off uh, Doyle and McGrath Killian, came, Doyle, yeah. Killian Doyle and McGrath came on then just as a spare man and floated around got a few lovely little balls <laughs> and it's a, what a lovely little way to, to break yeah. Noel back into to the, to the game I'd say oh, he'd send, send yeah. Killian Doyle a, a birthday card after that or a Christmas card 
Yeah, definitely. Oh, sure. Noel, imagine that. Like, it's hard enough, Marks. Imagine, like, trying to counteract someone like Noel McGrath um, without him coming on as a spare man. You know, you'd be giving up the ghost at that stage anyway, yeah. that's for sure. But what about Noel McGrath as, like, if they're playing Wexford and we know Kevin Foley's going to be the sweeper, what if, if, if uh, Tipperary jiggled it around that Noel McGrath was their spare man? How would that kind of, you know, what would Davey be thinking when he'd see that? Yeah, it definitely it'd be a curveball, and I think I think Liam Sheedy probably would have learnt a lot from that last year. And he, in fairness to him, he learnt it as the game progressed. You know, he probably started with um, Bubbles and Justin Ford as his two half forwards, but he realised pretty soon, you know, the, the how attacking the half backs were for Wexford and the trouble that caused in the first half in particular, yeah. and the start of that second half. You know that he needed more workhorses on that half forward line and so you know it's trying to counteract that and, and, and Foley doesn't that's, I think this is the key to this Wexford approach is Foley doesn't just sit as a seventh defender he gets up the field if he can and those cornerbacks and wingbacks get up as well very very hard so it's a total different way of thinking for I'll say it again for hurling people this is natural to football yeah, and, and it's not because it's the way football has progressed over a number of years this is really new to hurling and it's new to the psyche of players and it's it's horrible and it's very very hard to actually counteract it um, you know because we you know it takes time to evolve these sort of things the, Davey was telling me um, I don't think it was in the interview he was telling me before the interview or just quickly after it that teams are starting to check these lads runs running you know the way they yeah. run without the ball and that yeah. happens that happens in Gaelic football and it's something to watch out for with Wexford this year definitely if you're at matches um, is teams their halfback line attacking without the ball, maybe on the opening side, and the man that's on them actually blocking, stopping that run illegally. And it's yeah. something that linesmen, I suppose, need to watch out for. Because this, again, the, like, and I asked Davey in the interview about, you know, getting some of the tactics from football, and he didn't really say it. He didn't really say that that was where he got them. But at the same time, there is a lot of similarities. And, you know, definitely you need strong linesmen if you see fellas' runs being checked off the ball because that's a that's it, that's in Gaelic football and it's not a pretty sight. Yeah, and I actually did notice that last year when Wexford were playing. You watch it live, it's it, and it's only when you see it live that you see those sort of things. And it, it crept into the game, particularly the first round against Dublin, because you know Dublin would be very used to the running style game, and a lot of players, you know, play both codes up there as well. Yeah, and so they would have been well tuned into trying to stop that aspect of the game. There was a lot of pulling and dragging going on off the ball, and it took a strong referee that day in Fergal Harland and, and be able to actually sort it out. Um, the one thing of extra players is they're not afraid to go down and I know people won't like to hear this but they're not afraid to go down if they get a belt either so like they, they will go down if they see an opportunity to, to if a lad hits them a clip they'll be down like a shot yeah no but I, I think that's the only way to do it because how, otherwise what are you what are you doing the fella pulling you back is getting away with it you, you, yeah, the only, yeah, no, the only like, thing you can do yeah. is go to the ground and try and shout or something or else just give yeah. him a you give him a box in the back of the head and he's he, you're, you're gone and he's gone down and that's what he wants as well so it's, it's a very but frustrating sure. thing there's no doubt about that Totally, and that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Wexford are, are pure demons there and going down, but I'm saying, you know, they're not afraid to go down in those situations because, as you said, maybe sometimes the way the game has gone, it's the only way you can actually protect yourself. Or because, as you said, if you hit the the clip back, you know, you get your checked, and next minute you hit him a clip, and that's all that's seen. You yeah, know? and he's and the one the setting you up. Threat. Yeah, he's setting yeah, you up. It's you terrible, know? terrible stuff. So the other big game in Division 1A is Cork and Galway. We spoke a lot about both of these teams, uh, Brian. There's not much. These are two teams a little bit like Tipperary. The, the, the worst culprits of not going hell for leather at this league are Galway, Cork and Tip. That's my opinion. The best teams that yeah. taken the league seriously are Limerick, uh, Wexford and Kilkenny and Clare probably as well so like yeah, I mean as well, yeah. you know but <laughs> if four teams is not enough to be really taking it seriously really when you think about it there's, there's, there's few enough hurling teams to begin with never mind have three or four of them say ah, the league will be alright we're, we're looking at the bigger picture here I think Limerick are looking at the bigger picture too and only for the fact that they have so many bloody hurlers you know and yeah. so many key positions like they're doing serious rotating other players at the moment now the one thing is they are still trying to win every single game and making sure like winning is still crucial to them and you know putting their stamp on the game at the moment but, yeah they, their you know, intensity levels are high during the league though Brian like I mean they like they, they're not holding back in the league no no definitely not and any player that they have out in the field I think that's the way it is they, they just they, they know that they're going to get so few opportunities to try and impress you know Kylie and Kinnerk and you know Alan Cunningham and whoever that you know if they get an opportunity they have to take it and that look they're, they're probably in the in the healthiest position at the moment but I've 
I think Galway is a serious conundrum at the moment because you know it's a tough one. Shane O'Neill, new in as manager, probably needs a couple of wins under his belt to you know keep the Galway crowd behind him. But he's clearly you know working with his squad and trying to bring players back in. We haven't seen Dahi Burke, we haven't seen Davy Burke, we haven't seen Johnny Cohn yet. You know, he's clearly trying Shane Cooney at centre back. Fintan Burke went to wing back the last day. Yeah, you know, and that would create a lot of options. You know, like they still have serious orders. When you start to name out those, you know, if you bring in those two now in particular, on top of what they have, yeah, um, you know, you bring in Aidan Hart and you have Parik Mannion, Joe Canning, Cotton Mannion, Connor Whelan. They're still a serious nucleus there. You know, I know they've lost a couple of players, but they've a serious team and they're nowhere near hurling um, with their first fifteen at the moment. They're not. They've a good. They're getting a good few of them back. But like, I mean, this Shane Shane O'Neill. Like they're losing a few games, and you you would think, right? With Galway, we're looking at the big picture. But I tell you one thing. It take if if that's the case, it takes fair confidence for a manager who hasn't managed at intercounty before to go into a county like Galway, and not immediately look try and get. You know what I mean? To try and get wins because just for your own self confidence, you would I imagine. Wonder, I wonder, like. It, is it been building towards the end of this league and will we see a different team out for Galway now this weekend? Look, obviously time will tell that. But, you know, these these last two games now, the way it's worked out are there two home games, you know. They've, they've um, Cork and Tipperary, you know what I mean, in yeah. Salt Hill. And are they going to go and, you know, be a little bit stronger for each of those two games and, you know, building it up towards that championship? That's what I envisage that they'll do, but obviously only Shane O'Neill knows that. Yeah, only Shane O'Neill's that. Right, listen, that's it, uh, Brian. Uh, thanks very much. We got through it on our own today, which is uh, which is great, and well, with a bit of help from Davy Fitzgerald, we'll uh, we'll be back on Monday and we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are on the. We're trying hard to make it through, but it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Warford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I let it go, cause I won't see you later.